Welcome to How I Got Hired, a podcast to inspire job seekers to find their dream jobs or reinvent their careers. I'm your host Sonal Behel, founder of Supercharge and career strategist, and every week I hold a conversation with a fabulous new guest who's had extraordinary career success. And today, can I just say I am so glad you pressed play. I am speaking with the one and only Lauren Greif. Now listen to this story. On the 2nd of December 2019, I was done. That day, I handed in my resignation for a job I'd spent my entire career wanting and working for. The truth is, I didn't want to stay. My boss didn't see my value. I wasn't performing well. And the culture, yeah, not a fit. At 56 years old, after 30 plus years in creative roles as vp at j walter thompson on the client side and my last woohoo as a managing consultant i jumped back into the job market realizing all over again how painful and difficult the process was that is precisely why i started portfolioarocket.com so today i'm so glad you're here We're going to be talking to Lauren about that 30-year career in all its twisty and dirty finery. So, Lauren, warm welcome to How I Got Hired, my friend. Thank you, Sonal. Thank you, Beyond, for for all you do for job seekers and for all that you do for the platform of LinkedIn and and your excellence all the way around. Oh man, thank you. That's so that's so sweet. Um I can't wait to have this conversation, Lauren. This conversation's been long overdue and there is so much we can learn from you and that is precisely what we're going to do today. So, are you ready because I got a bunch of questions for you? Born ready. <laughs> Love it. So, Lauren, let's start with your first job. So, the prestigious J Walter Thompson right you've been you were with them at the start of your career for 5 years so talk to us about how you got hired by JWT so the real story about how i got hired by J Walter Thompson boils down to one word mm-hmm. and that's vision mm-hmm. looking back it's so clear to me that my vision which is now more than 30 years old was in the making with a single mission and that mission it was always and continues to be to empower creatives and marketers to do what they love to let their talents roar and to be well paid in that process you know i distinctly remember telling my mother the day after i graduated from college that i was going to work in new york city in advertising and she looked at me with that mother face you know <laughs> and, and you know she was not too thrilled and in her terse way she said you know all i all i know about advertising is that they do three things and i was dying to hear what she was talking about and she said sex drugs and rock and roll <laughs> 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 of course, you know, that was that was the fuel to my fire and I and I smiled not because of the sex and drugs just so you know, but because <laughs> of the rock and roll. Um and and how I understood it in in my in my brain at that time and even today is the rock and the roll 
in the literal and figurative sense. You know, that thrill of, you know, that deeply embedded rock of your purpose that must come out because it belongs to you and it's for you to share and the roles of the ups and downs of finding your way to express it. And, you know, I, I was off. I, 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 there was, it was so crystal clear in my mind. And I had other advertising jobs before I landed at J. Walter Thompson, where I really cut my teeth, but it was important to me to have the experience of working in New York City, which has always been the Mecca for advertising, to learn from craftsmen, people who had come up through the ranks, had seen it all, and work with them, for them, around them, be in the trenches with them when business was lost, you know, cheerlead with them when we won business, and, and those late, late, late nights of just being a part of a team and creating something that was mind-blowing. Fantastic. So so where were you? So rewind us, uh, rewind for us a little bit. Where were you just before JWG? Like which city? I was I was in New York City. Oh, um, okay. Okay. And and how did you make this happen? Getting hired by them? It was not easy. Um, at that time, when I first graduated from college, I couldn't I couldn't get into advertising. Every everyone who graduates at, at that time, that's what their go to is. You know, I want to mm. work in advertising. I want to work in advertising. Mm. And of course, we think it's so glamorous, mm. which sometimes it is not at mm. all glamorous. But uh, I had a job, and it was with a boutique um, satellite office of a larger Boston firm called Hill Holiday. And they had made their mark by launching the Infinity Campaign when the mm-hmm. Infinity car, car first mm-hmm. came mm-hmm. out. And I worked there and then got recruited to a, a mid-sized agency. And then I had my sights set on J. Walter Thompson because of their reputation, but also because of a lot of the creatives that I knew in the industry that I wanted to wanted to learn from and wanted to really work work with, so that I would be able to understand the business not just from the creative output, but also from the business side. So that has always been a formula for me, where I am inextricably linked between the business and the creative process. Okay. So, Okay. And how did you, so you had this wish, you tell your mom, your mom says, eh, we'll see. Okay. (laughs) So how did you turn this wish into a reality with JWT? Talking to people, talking to people, um, you know, really being dogged about my pursuit, you know, learning from other people that I would meet in conferences or happy hours and hey, you know, where are you working and what business are you working on and what do you like about it and and why have you stayed there for so long or why did you leave so quickly? Mm-hmm. You know, asking a lot of questions and also following a lot of what was happening in the news and the trade publications. I would go in, in, into interviews and I would know, you know, how much that business was worth and where it had been before and who had worked on it and why it, why it was so, you know, this campaign was so successful. And people that I was interviewing with were like, I don't even read that publication anymore. Like I work here and I don't, I don't know this stuff. 
So I was rigorous about my research and I was also rigorous about understanding that it was not just a job. It was, it was a privilege to be a part of something, not, not, not in a subservient way, but it was, it was exciting to be part of something that I knew was greatness in the making. Mm. And, and I wanted, and I wanted a part of that. And amazing, so, amazing. So, are you saying that you got hired by JWT for a role that wasn't advertised? It, it, it was, it was advertised. It was absolutely advertised back in the back in those days. It was, it was definitely advertised. I think the issue, and this is always going to be an issue, no matter where you are, is that there was so much competition. Mm. It, it was so much competition and it was low, low, low paying. It was, yeah, yeah. It was $15,000 a year. Oh, that's painful. And living in New York city. Good Lord. So basically, yeah. You just, and I didn't care. Yeah. Yeah. You wanted it so bad. So what you're saying is what set you apart from everyone else was first of all, stellar research, no lazy bones, no cutting edge, you know, cutting corners. Uh, and, and second was, you were kind of like meeting people uh, back in the day. So this is pre, you know, pre-internet, pre-LinkedIn, uh, good old-fashioned sort of bumping into people, conferences, and I'm like, hey, I'd love to catch up. You know, what's your phone number? And then, so I, so is, so, so is that how somehow you know you referred yourself into the role? Exactly. Hmm. exactly. I love it. I love it. You, I love that you practice what you preach because. Um, if you um, and I'm telling this to my listener right now, if you if you uh, go to uh, LinkedIn and search hidden job market or HJM, Lauren is the queen of that. She she talks about this a lot. And yeah, in this case, sure, it wasn't hidden. It was an advertised role, but you don't always get in by applying like everyone else. And fantastic. So, you know, Lauren, after you. I will say, say one of the things, Sano, I was first. Hmm. I was first and I knew that I was first because I was concerned about how many applicants that they would have. I anticipated that. So I knew that that was, that was a, clearly going to be a challenge, but I asked them how many people they had interviewed and they said, you are the first. Yeah. I love that. There's something to be said there. And I, I still talk about it today. The need for speed. <laughs> people it's not a bad idea because when you're shopping it's the same thing you see something you're like and then the second and the third you can't help but compare it to the first it has somehow inexplicably set a certain benchmark and when it's a good product or a good person then it's a very good benchmark so i love that i love that you added that um, right here so so lauren just after jwt you know i you know you held several roles working with creatives and marketers lots of recruiting firms in there when you look back let's say last 20, 25 years, which role, according to you, was the most memorable for you? And talk to us about how you got hired there. So I'm going to take you back even before Jade Walter Thompson so that I mm -hmm. precisely answer the question because the role that was the most memorable was my actual first agency that I mentioned earlier with Hill Holiday. And I'm going to explain why it was so memorable. 
I had wanted to be in advertising and I finally got hired as an account executive. And this was through the hidden job market. But the day after I started at this firm, the entire team quit. Now, I tried not to take that personally. (laughs) (laughs) Something I said. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It was like, I have only been here 20 hours, you know. So the entire team quit. And that was six people. And then I found out I was reporting into the CEO. So, sorry, what happened? It sounds like a, like a movie, you know, like, why did they quit? Yes. So the reason why they quit was because the showcase account at the agency was Revlon. Mm-hmm. And Revlon at this time was larger than life. They were the, the yeah. big sponsors of the Academy Awards. And, yeah. you know, yeah. it was the the lion's share of yep. the revenue for the for the agency. I remember, wasn't it like Cindy Crawford as well? Oh, completely, <laughs> completely. Yeah. All yeah. the all the mega models. Yeah. And so the reason why they quit was because of the senior vice president at Revlon. I'll never forget it. His name was Alan Cohen. And he had a notorious temper. Mm-hmm. And they just really they had heads to head with, with them all, with him all the time. So about a week after they quit, we had a client presentation and they of course grabbed all the creatives from all these other accounts and, you know, really got into damage control mode. And we had a presentation and I was presenting. What? Yes. Baptism by fire much? Oh yeah. (laughs) So we took this long black limousine over to this the GM building and, you know, this is my first time at the client and the smell of perfume and lipsticks in the hallway. And not to forget sitting in a limousine. That's kind yes, of fancy. That was the style back then. You had to pull up because, you know, this was this was, yeah. you know, it was all about the image, yeah. all about the show. And yeah. I was terrified hmm. and I was also born ready. I, I felt that I felt that that tension between being ready and scared out of my mind. So I make the presentation, you know, 20 something years old. His office is it's like a bowling alley mm. and he's behind his oversized desk. And after this presentation, he motions his finger for me to come towards him. And he says, no pause. The next time you present to me, I want you to remember this. You can either seduce me or bleep my brains out. Your presentation did neither. Ooh. And I was in that state of shock, but I knew one thing. I didn't know my audience. And I didn't know exactly who I was speaking to and why it mattered to them. Mm. And from that point on, I realized that knowing your audience, who you're speaking to, and not just the title, not just the, the bravado, the things that really matter to them is, is the key to, to every conversation to every interaction, 
to, to your success. And I think that we forget that, that there's always more to learn. You know, we think we know somebody, but then there's, there's more, there's more, there's more. So I think that that's without a doubt the most memorable experience because <laughs> I don't think we would, I don't think any of that would happen today. But the point being that, that it really carved out a lot of my own clarity in terms of what was, what was going to help me as, as my career unfolded. Oh my gosh. First of all, what a thing to hear when you're one week into the company, uh, you've been thrown into the fire, you've been told to perform, and then uh, the CEO craps all over it. So um, I get it. It was uh, difficult, but yeah, there's a certain way to give feedback. And that was, okay, that's quite memorable. Let's just put it, <laughs> let's just put it that way. And secondly, but the thing that you said here, which is a great lesson, and I'm sure, I'm so happy that you took this lesson away. Because a lot of us would be so deflated, right? I want to leave advertising. This is not for me, you know, sort of, you know, crawl back into our shell. What you said, and I want to highlight it here, it's so important to remember again and again, because even the experts and so-called gurus get this wrong. Who are you speaking to and what matters to them? Who are you speaking to and what matters to them? And it's not just about a demographic. It's it's a, it's what matters to them. Who are these people? Um, not just their title. So fantastic. And 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 you know when you said Lauren, so just rewind. So this was your first week. So I <laughs> that is a memorable first week. And and so when you said you got this role because of the hidden job market, I'm guessing you had just graduated college. Uh, and and talk to us about how you got hired at uh, this firm in Boston. Um, I got hired because the president of Hill Holiday happened to be the father of a family uh, of a family that my brother knew. Oh, I see. So he that was, helped you to it, open the was, door into it, the interview. He did. And okay. I remember I remember um calling him calling this this man that I knew from the little league team, you know, and asking him if he would be willing to have a coffee with me. And I, I don't know where I got this idea because I, I really didn't know him other than I had been babysitting, you know, periodically for a bunch of kids. It wasn't even like I had ever been to his house, but I, I vaguely knew him and I knew he had an advertising agency and I knew the backstory of how he got started. And I, I had a feeling that he would be willing to take a risk with me. And, and I went to his office in Boston mm. and, you know, massive office with this, you know, 360 view. And he, I remember him telling me, I think you're going to be successful. And I didn't know why. And he said, because you're not afraid to come talk to me. Yeah. Oh, wow. So pretty much you could say he'd made up his mind before he even had the chance to sort of interview you properly. You know what I mean? I think I think he had an inkling that mm. that you know I I had grown a pair, but mm. <laughs> I also think that that uh, it was it was still not easy after that because there were very few openings in in their New York office. It was a really really lean and mean team, mm. and so it took a while after that. But I, sure, I was sure. absolutely determined. 
Yeah, and you you have you have a lot to prove um, because you want to you want to show him that this was the right decision. So, I totally understand that. So, Lauren, let's fast forward to early 2020 now because um, uh, of the story that I mentioned in the beginning, which I think for our listeners is super insightful. It happens to be an excerpt of the about section of link, uh, you know, Lauren's LinkedIn profile. Check it out powerful stuff, had the hair on the back of my neck standing the whole time. Mm-hmm. I hope hopefully did justice to it when I was reading it out, because I think this is, uh, like I said, uh, this is big stuff. Um, so we fast forward to, to 2020, you started Portfolio Rocket, your own firm. And less than two months later, COVID hits. So talk to us about this, taking the leap at the age that you said, 56. And honestly, any age, it's scary. But as we get older, it's a little bit scarier. And and what made you do it? Truth. Always. <laughs> it was my time. And what my pattern is, is that I know, and I think that this happens for all of us, there's a seed of truth that is something that maybe at first we just don't want to listen to <laughs> it, We hear it, but we don't push it, push fully, it back. We mm. don't fully embrace it. Mm. And it had been, that seed had been growing for, for quite a while. And I was toying with it, denying it, scared to actually put my money where my mouth is I had every every iteration of of doubt, every form, flavor, factor, and I was on vacation with my now husband, and I decided I literally decided it was my time. Mm. I had been fighting it for years, and I I pulled myself aside as if I was a third party and had a conversation and said, you know, this is, this is just, just stop it. Just do it. And it sounds like it happened right away, but it, like I said, it had been an ongoing conversation that I was so resistant to confront. And the, the truism is, is really applicable. You, you know, that what we persist will resist. Mm. And, and I kept resisting and resisting and resisting. I actually think it's, I think it's the other way around that, that we resist will persist. And so I was so resistant, but it was persistent. And so I just said, I'm doing it. I'm Mm. just doing it. And if I make this decision and say, I'm, I'm doing it, then there is no turning back. Mm. And I had made a decision like that early in my life with, with my divorce. Mm-hmm. And I look back and I've never regretted it. So I knew, I knew I could do it because I had had some traction being true to myself before. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you said that um, it's not a, a, a oh, this is what I feel like. So that's what I'm going to do. You're saying it had been a long time coming. Um, you know, the writing was on the wall, you weighed your pros and cons, and it just, you knew that there is fear, but other than fear, there's nothing else stopping you. 
only way to conquer your fear is to jump. And that's what you did. So mm-hmm. fantastic. And I'm so glad you did uh, because you're, you're, you're providing such a service to the creatives and marketers. But in fact, it's, it's, it's to a wider audience. And I highly suggest um, to my listener to check out Lauren's uh, LinkedIn profile and follow because a lot of the tips are applicable across um, functions, across industries, as a matter of fact, across geographies as well. So fantastic, Lauren. And, you know, with everything going on in the world, uh, with COVID, you know, when you look around and there's the scarcity mindset, um, what is your favorite go-to piece of advice to someone who's looking to get hired today and you know that this is not done enough? The scarcity, the scarcity is real, right? It, it is, it's, it's not fictitious. And not but, and even through the pandemic, people are being hired. Mm-hmm. So it needs to be peppered. And if you focus on the scarcity, you will be scarce. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, you cannot, you cannot allow that. If you truly want that, the cost of not getting it is always going to be higher than if you, if you don't go after it. And that cost, it eats away at your esteem. It eats away at relationships. It eats away at your bank account. It eats away at time that you could be dogged in your pursuit of what it is that you want, what it is that you know that you have the talent for. If only you just had had the consistency to actually go about getting it with the with the ups and downs it doesn't not always happen so quickly but if you if you quit it will never happen <laughs> and i think that there has to be some kind of inner 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 urging and yearning for that thing because without it it's it's hard it's it's really hard to stay motivated and that's what we call today the why Mm -hmm. and so I think that it must it, it must have it must have some light and nurturing and yeah you're gonna get knocked down and then you know tomorrow's gonna come sometimes we root for midnight but that's okay because if you are if you are clear in your direction and even when you're unclear other people can help you develop that clarity and reignite that fire yeah so first of all check that mind have that abundance mindset not the scarcity mindset because it's very clear which one is helping and which one is hurting no question and no question. quitting quitting is not an option Quitting is not an option. Giving up is not an option. Yeah. It, it, it really, it really isn't. It serves no one. It really, it serves no one. And if you continue to quit, that's the muscle, muscle that you will strengthen is the quitting muscle. 
Mm. And endurance comes, people who run marathons, you know, over and over and over and again. And building that endurance muscle takes, it takes practice. Yeah. A lot of practice. Yeah. I agree. Completely agree. Fantastic. So Lauren, we're coming close to the end. And um, I know you're uh, uh, one of my favorite, you know, supporters of the show and you know the question that's coming. Um, so when you look back, Lauren, on these 30 plus years, is there one standout defining moment that supercharged your career and helped you move towards your current success? I think that my defining moment, I shouldn't even say I think, I know that my my defining moment is is really all about what I understood from a, an extremely early early time in my life that work your work and what you do in your life as a profession has to be a combination between that deep seated purpose that is that is fueling your fire and and your feet to continue to stay in action it is it, there is not really a start and an end it's a continuous a continuous process and work work is not an on the side work is an integral part of our lives and becoming more and more so, especially with side hustles and people exploring things outside of their quote unquote day job. It's a source of fulfillment. It's a source of service. Mm -hmm. It's a source of, of income. Mm -hmm. It's a source of pride and, and, and self-respect. What we give and what we offer to the world. If, you, if sometimes we can't see it, I remember Sonal, you said, you know, we can't tickle ourselves. Mm. And and that that always stuck with me as well. We can't see sometimes what is so powerful and impactful for the rest of the world. And I I think that your work and what you do with it is your stamp. It's your legacy, what you want to leave behind and what you want to do in the present. We, you know, creatives and marketers, they die. All they want to do is transform other companies through innovation, creativity, and there's nothing that is really stopping them in, in, in the wake of that. There is, there's so many opportunities, and if you don't see one, create one. Yeah, and make it count. Yeah, fantastic. So what I'm taking away from here is, is firstly, know your purpose, never forget your purpose and do what you can to ensure that you have a legacy um, where it's a, a bit more sort of a philosophical bent of mind. But at the end of the day, it's so simple, right? We're born, we do something, we die. And this has been going on for millions of years. So what we do in the middle <laughs> between born and then death, which sounds morbid, gotta make it count, got to make it count. Fantastic, Lauren. So how can people learn more about you? Well. My primary address is on LinkedIn. So mm -hmm. please, I would love to hear from any of your listeners or anyone else. And you can find me there. You can also go to my website at portfoliorocket.com. 
perfect r-o-c-k-e-t dot com fantastic Lauren this has been uh, so much fun such an education uh, love the storytelling here and thank you so much for your time today thank you Sonal and thank you audience so there you have it I hope you enjoyed listening to the show and if you did I'd love for you to do one little thing Go to Apple Podcasts, so that's podcast.apple.com and leave me a review. This really, really helps the discoverability of the show and can help inspire job seekers out there to find jobs and take care of their families. Can you think of anything more important right now? Hmm, I didn't think so. So thank you so much for listening. Thanks for hanging out with me today. Connect with me on LinkedIn. I'd love to get to know you and what you liked about the show. And, and perhaps if you have ideas, feel free to reach out. So take care of yourself. And until next time, bye for now.